G'day and welcome to Radio Notes, where those in music talk life, those in life chat music, and more. I'm John Merch. Mick Lindsay is our feature guest for today. We'll hear from him in just a moment. But first... In the box. Bliss My Heart have dropped a line to Radio Notes at RideMe.com about their new three-track Morning Star, with what appears to be the lead cut of their electro-pop stylings called A Rose Diary. They do use in their correspondence an Insta medias. Pretty sure, like sheep, there's no S. Though, they are from Paris, so likely I'm ignorant and in the wrong on this one. Reminds me of a very drunk mate taking over five minutes to explain medias in Spanish means socks once. The other tracks on the release are Cross You with an operatic opening and We're All the Young embracing the synth to push an anthemic and very positive approach through their songs. Thanks BMH for sending through and letting us know about Morningstar from you. Back in episode 29, our feature guests were the Tetsuians, that is of Amber, Andrew and Trent. They've announced the release of their latest single, Bloody Chieftain, which I know the Americans will not be impressed I've said bloody, but it's the title, it's the vibe, it's the title, Bloody Chieftain. Available everywhere they say on June the 22nd, so it's out now, in anticipation of their sophomore album, Elephant Hexagon, in August of 2020. So, not too long to go. Tetsuian's self-titled album has been recorded in various locations across Australia with, as I mentioned, Amber, Trent and Andrew getting together for this cut. I'll give you links to not just the official music video clip for it, but a quarantine version as well with the three in separate locations. Uh, Something we'll probably see more of in the next couple of months. So uh, keep an eye out of them breaking ground with that format. One more from my inbox this week, Witch Rot, that's Witch Rot, have what they say is an 8-inch, not a 7-inch, new vinyl released with the cuts Streger and the B-side Hey 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 My on it. One review from a Colin M calls the release Atmospheric Sludgy Doom. Would have to second that in a good way. Let's now head to our feature guest. Drink About You, If You're Sleeping, and After Party are singles from today's guest, Mick Lindsay. Fun fact, the music video for If You're Sleeping includes Brittany Hockley from the Life Uncut podcast as the central character portraying his love interest in the storyline of the clip. Lindsay has also started his own Back Road Music Festival and joins us now. Mick Lindsay, thanks very much for joining us on Radio Notes. Hey John, how are you? Absolute pleasure to join you. These film clips that you've been doing for the up-and-coming album, Drink About You as well as If You're Sleeping, I'm sure After Party has one on the way as well. How's it been working with such delightful talent? Filming music videos is kind of the, you know, it's where the story of the song really sort of comes to life and, yeah, it's a whole nother ball game. I used to hate it because I'm not like, I hate acting, I guess, and hate being kind of in it and have to be all posy and stuff, but... Uh, it's slowly gotten a little bit more comfortable, but it's really cool. The amount of different people that you get to work with. We had a film crew come up from the Central Coast. Yeah, Brittany, as you said before, was the model in one of them. And uh, we literally just got a, uh, a model one time off Facebook. Um, we just said, hey, who wants to be in a music video? And 
So, yeah, it's, it's really fun shooting videos. It's so much like the 90s, but back in the day it was more MySpace or uh, what, what, what were we doing before MySpace? I guess ICQ. It was all text. I completely forgot about MySpace until you just mentioned it just then. But that was the thing, wasn't it? And you had your top friends or whatever. Um, I've just downloaded TikTok, actually, speaking of social platforms. And uh, I'm just starting to get the gist of what it's about. And I'm like trying to think of good ideas to make it TikTok. (laughs) What is your favourite social media platform and why? I used to be mainly just on Facebook. It was like my main thing and I was kind of, a bit hesitant to dump on Instagram. I'm like, oh, it's just going to be one of those bad things and Facebook's still going to be the staple. And But now I'm right into the Instagram. But then you see all these TikToks on Instagram and then you're like, oh, that looks fun. You know, like all these different dance moves. I, I dragged my mum and dad. I was meant to be going to America, but all this coronavirus thing, and I'm glad I'm in Australia for to sit it out. But, uh, yeah, there's um, – I ended up – cruising back to Toowoomba in Queensland to my parents' house. And I thought, I'll spend a couple of weeks here and it's been really fun. But I dragged them into a TikTok dance together. I haven't posted it yet. But, yeah, it was pretty funny watching the old man trying to dance. You've said just there a couple of moments ago that you weren't so keen on music videos because of of image, really. And Instagram is all about the image. How do you balance that as a, a musical performer who's on that platform? Because you have to show yourself. You can't just do your best photography of the day. Yeah, totally. I'm always caught in a bit of a hard balance between – because I – have you heard of The Passioner? The Passioner? Are we now talking about something that happened last the, last weekend, the Easter? <laughs> Passioner is a, is a meditation. Um, but it, it basically dissolves – like uh, you know your personal brand and stuff and it dissolves kind of ego and everything but to be on posting about yourself and what you're up to and you you and you know like it's it's just a constant conflicting kind of philosophy I guess so I love I'm actually loving the isolation time and you know having some time to just catch up on a few jobs and yeah, not have to go out and be that social. I'm a bit of an introvert when I'm not actually performing. What is it about flying that gets you so excited? My parents, uh, well, my dad, and half of my family are all pilots. So from a very young age, I've been kind of, you know, cruising around with dad and he's a mechanic and a pilot. So he flies out to fix, fix tractors and fix trucks and stuff based out of Toowoomba and uh, yeah so I guess I've done hundreds of hours in a plane but I I always used to get sick I used to get air sick every time we went up like dad would just have to have all these sick bags and he's like surely you're not going to be sick today and and it's like the smoothest flight ever and I'm still getting sick but yeah he's always like sort of tried to get me into aviation I'm like no I just love playing music and, and that's all I feel like doing but in the last couple of years he he bought a little a little plane, a little Cessna 150, which is like a, a trainer sort of plane, very slow and very floaty sort of a plane. Yeah, I ended up sort of having a bit of a go with that and got an instructor and, yeah, and I was like, oh, this is actually really, really fun. I, yeah, I loved it. So I've just been uh, spending a fair bit of time getting a few more endorsements and I started in RAOs and got converted over to GA and 
just got a constant speed retractable and going for my PPL hopefully in the next week or two. And yeah, slowly continuing an aviation journey. I don't plan on taking it up as a career or anything. I just love flying. For some people, they used to get car sickness, but as soon as they were in the driver's seat, once they had control of where they were going, the sickness goes away. Is that happening with you at all? Yeah, totally, totally. It's amazing the difference between actually having the stick and and actually being in control. Yeah, you don't actually get anywhere near the amount of motion sickness because you know what's happening. What's front of mind when you are behind the stick in the air? I guess safety, that's the biggest thing you need to constantly think of and just be really accurate with all your numbers when you're landing and everything. Like it's a, you know, dad does it without thinking. Like he's just cruised in and can land a plane in in whatever weather, you know. But um, there's a lot of concentration and a lot of different little things going on. You know, it could cost you your life if you're just a bit blasé and you don't have the experience. So I'm constantly just, in full concentration mode and yeah I just turn my phone off and don't have any distractions I follow a few pilots on Instagram and stuff now and they're all just making phone calls and chilling out and doing all the radio calls so smoothly and I'm like oh I can't wait to get to that level of competence I guess where you can sort of just be a little bit more relaxed and enjoy it a bit more but at the same time that's how accidents happen when you get complacent so at the moment, the safety is on my forefront. It sounded like you've got a pretty small plane, which I'm sure doesn't help with motion sickness as well, but what would I know? What kind of planes have you flown over the <laughs> years and which one has been the most impressive for you as someone in a plane who knows they were going to eventually take the control of a plane? Yeah, um, so Dad flew a Cessna 182 for most of his flying career over the last 20, 30 years. So that's probably the time that I've spent most in um but i learned in a pioneer 300 and then i did my navigation endorsement in a sling which is a really popular two-seater little light aircraft and then i've uh yeah done some stuff in a cessna 150 with dad and then i just got a constant speed retractable endorsement in a sting which is a like a carbon fiber plane it's a really fast little two-seat plane that's really economical. Yeah, they're from Italy or somewhere. I want to fly a six-seat Cessna 210. Um, That would be my goal because there's a lot of gigs that I play in the middle of nowhere, like out near Birdsville and and whatnot. And to to get out there, to drive out there and and take all the sound gear out is, you know, it's like two days out and then you do a a two-day gig and then two days back and not but yeah just the efficiency if you've got another gig booked in and sometimes there's no flights you can catch and it's like well we could actually be doing so many more gigs if we could get to all these places more efficiently because there's so many kilometers between them and we've had to charter a few flights which seems a bit crazy if i if i thought of that when i started playing guitar that i was going to be flying places and chartering planes or something it seems extravagant but it's just logistically the only way to get to some places and make some gigs happen so to be able to take my whole crew and and everything and fly ourselves out there just in a six-seat plane which is a tour manager sound guy and a four-piece band we're always trying to figure out where this other person like someone had to drive out there or because we could only take six people and one of them had to be the pilot so i'm like well i'm gonna finally learn how to fly a plane so we can all just cruise out and 
and do gigs. I'm imagining also <laughs> as part of that, so that you actually are awake and alert for the gig, obviously, and, and the return flight, that sounds like a really good solid three, four days in a small country Australian town. It is good to go out to different towns and spend a little bit of time there. I guess the idea of trying to fly out and fly back is, you know, you're in and out pretty quickly and you can actually be at another gig. But mm. um, there's kind of nothing better, actually, if you've got nothing else on. And, and I've done a lot of solo touring over the years of just going for a drive and not coming home for two months kind of thing. And just like, oh, I've got two weeks to get to this gig in Townsville and I'll just take my time getting up there. And, and then I need to be in Birdsville 10 days later. And it's pretty cool just cruising out and driving. But once you've got a band and everyone's got their life and I've got wives and kids and jobs and all that sort of stuff, they can't just disappear off the face of the earth for for a month and go play music kind of thing. So some of the trips with the band need to be really sort of short and sharp, unfortunately, but it's a constant balance. Hi, I'm Rishi K. Sherway. And I'm Joshua Molina. We're from the West Wing Weekly, and you're currently listening to Radio Notes. Radio Notes, where those in music talk life, and those in life chat music and more. You can join us on the West Wing Weekly for an episode-by-episode breakdown of the television show The West Wing. Josh was the star of the show, and we give you behind-the-scenes insights and deep dives into the issues raised in the storylines of the show. You can find us on Radiotopia.fm or through your favorite podcaster. For now, back to John Merch and Radio Notes. The Back Road Bash Music Festival, I believe it's your baby in some way, if not in a big way. Yes, the idea actually sort of came about. I wanted to do a hometown gig. A lot of the like larger festivals and you know, events that I've played are all over the place. I've done about 30 countries now. Nearly none of them have actually been in my hometown of Toowoomba. And I've got so many, you know, family and friends here. I was like, oh, it'd be really good to put on an event or, or do something, you know, bigger than just playing at the local pub, you know, for, as homecoming show, I guess, or whatever. So, yeah, I ended up booking a, a really cool venue and booked my sound guy in and, you know, we had all these sound and lights and we had a big marketing plan on how we're going to put the word out that we're doing a hometown show and all that and we're like oh we need a support band or something yeah 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 and we booked one band two bands and then we're like oh well why don't we you know we've got the sound there so why don't we just book another one so we ended up booking nine acts and we're like well we've got a music festival now so we came up with a name (laughs) yeah it's kind of just transformed into a music festival where we're like well we'll just give it a crack so um, the first year, we actually covered our expenses, actually, which is a bit crazy, really. A um, bit unheard I of. Expecting, yeah, I, I was really expecting, um, yeah, I'm like, oh, we're so going to lose so much money on this, and it's such a bad idea. <laughs> Why don't I just do, like, a smaller show? Why don't I just go pay at a pub and get paid, you know? But it turned out really cool because a lot of people came out, and it was something really different for the local community, I guess, so... We've just put our third year on, but um, we had, you know, crazy droughts over the last, you know, five or ten years. But we just had a one in a hundred year flood in Toowoomba as well. All the towns were cut off on the day of the event this year. So um, there were still a few hundred people there, which was cool. But there was, you know, I think hundreds of tickets that of people that just couldn't make it, unfortunately. So... It was a bit of a rough year this year. Between the fires and floods and coronavirus, it's been a bit of a start to 2020. 
did notice on a happier note, uh, stalking the Insta, that uh, Strath Album, speaking about South Australia, for which I am currently in. The Lower Lakes Challenge in Strath Album, just outside of Radelaide. I've never played a gig in South Australia before until I played that last year. And it was such a good time. There were so many new faces there. And it's basically like a, a stockman's challenge where, you know, everyone comes out and competes on horses and there's all food vans and it's just run by the local community. Yeah, they, they ended up getting um, some entertainment in and we got a stage in and, and put a show on. When I think that's the first time they had live music there of like a you know, larger format with you know, bigger sound gear and stuff. Yeah, it was really, really fun. So you're a bit of a whiskey drinker, are you? Never really drank beer. Like, I never grew up around anyone that really ever drank much beer or anything. And it was just always a quiet rum or a quiet whiskey or something like that. But uh, I was drinking, I think, Jim Beam uh, for the longest time in Australia. And then I ended up going to Nashville and spending a lot more time there. And they're like, man, you can't be drinking a Kentucky whiskey in Tennessee. You need to be drinking the Tennessee whiskey, which is Jack Daniels. So, yeah, I've been converted to Jack Daniels. Yeah, gone and saw the distillery a few times. You're missing Nashville, aren't you, at the moment with everything that's going on? I've got a few buddies there that I, you know, I'm still talking to, but uh, it's really not a great time in America at the moment from what they're telling me. So it's probably a good time to be in Australia, but I do miss, you know, songwriting and recording and catching up with all my buddies in Nashville. One of my best friends in Nashville actually just got pneumonia around this whole COVID saga and just absolutely coincidentally got pneumonia and was sick for the longest time and he tested negative to coronavirus, which is really random. Let's talk about fitness because I know you're a bit of a, not a junkie, but you are very much into fitness. What is it about fitness and Mick Lindsay? Never been like right into like a gym junkie or anything like that. Um, I just really, you know, value health and maintaining a, a base level of fitness at least really random I always wanted to do like a fitness camp at some point and I had a month off um, about a year ago and I ended up going over to Thailand and doing a like a four-week fitness intense training course I was doing like Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai and weights training speed and agility yoga meditation and all different it was like really interesting learning about so many different types of fitness but yeah definitely um melted away a little bit of a layer of winter fat or whatever you <laughs> might call it. But, uh, yeah, it's amazing the transformation a human body can take in, like, even in two weeks difference was incredible. They're just eating the right foods and, I suppose, getting more knowledgeable on what foods are actually doing what for your body and seeing it actually work. You know, to dedicate a whole month of your life to go and learn that and, and see the difference try and keep a, a relatively active kind of a outdoorsy feel going. When you came back, did that change, one would think it would have, your daily routine of how being fit was part of a daily routine? <laughs> um, it went from working out or, you know, doing whatever exercise for about five hours a day, sometimes six hours a day, and it was pretty intensive, straight into family Christmas. And yeah, it was like just all this 
unhealthy food or just not even unhealthy, but just really heavy, lots of just meat and bread and heavy Christmassy food that you get all the sweets. And uh, yeah, I think I lost it reasonably fast, but I never really lost that fitness. You know, your body sort of, you know, every time I think I'm unfit and then I go for a run with somebody that is fit, they're like, oh man, I can't keep up. And I'm like, it's cool that if you just do a little bit every day or do a little bit even every week, that if you can just maintain that base level of fitness, it, it helps you out with everything that you do in your life. Mick, a couple of singles have now been released. I get the vibe that there is an album either in the vault or nearly ready to go. Can you talk us through where the future Mick Lindsay album is at? Yeah. So I think at the moment I was planning to, this last Nashville trip that I was going to do, I was going to record the other half of the album. But because that's not happening now and, you know, maybe late 2020 we'll be able to record the other songs that I've got. We do have, from the first recording trip, six-song EP kind of planned out, and I was like hoping to make it an album, but I think we're going to have to release it as an EP, and we'll have another single coming out relatively soon. And uh, I've actually just been, now that I'm in sort of isolation, I've been mucking around with some of the songs and working out some loop setups and some acoustic versions and stuff, so probably about half a day away off posting I guess, acoustic live looping version of After Party, which is really interesting, actually. I'm really happy with how it came out. I was playing with a Novation and Logic and Ableton Live and learning all these programs and stuff, but it's a new version of After Party, I guess, that I've worked out. John Mayer released four EPs and put them together as an album, so that's that's a possibility as well, maybe? Yeah, well, um, yeah, I might even release, you know, yeah, a couple of VPs and throw them together as a, a compilation album. And, yeah, that happens all the time. It's amazing how many different strategies there are to release music when you start looking at how all the major label US artists release music. It's like, I thought I heard that song like two or three years ago and it's on their brand new album kind of thing, you know. But it's kind of cool that it's you're already familiar with some of the songs on the album and... It makes you want to listen to, you know, the newer ones that have just come out on the album. So, yeah, I think that's kind of how this will have to go this year. Then you throw into the mix that they do covers and you have to do that deep dive of trying to figure out where the original first appeared from an artist from many, many <laughs> decades ago. Actually, on that, what's your favourite cover to do live? Most musicians would hate me for saying this, but The Horses is actually one of my favourite songs of all time anyway. And I guess most musicians have got that requested a thousand times every show. <laughs> so so they're like, oh my God, like, you know, get away from the horses kind of thing. But it's actually a really great song. And it was originally written and recorded by Ricky Lee Jones. And then Daryl Braithwaite, as the story that I've heard, he was on the way to the studio and it was his last, he had to do one more song for this album and the producer was like, all right, well, let's not spend too much time on it. What did you want to do? And he's like, oh, I've got this cover of the horses. And they're like, okay, well, let's get a chick to sing on it. And female artist that was in the music video for that song wasn't actually the singer. She was just a model because the actual singer was over in the, over in Europe trying to make a career. And it's like, oh, I won't spend much time and I won't fly back to the music video. It's just a backtrack kind of thing. And, and then it just became a huge hit. So 
I ended up in Nashville recording a cover of that uh, a couple of years ago and, and releasing my own version of it and uh, like the Horses 2.0 kind of version. Yeah, that's probably my favourite cover to play. What are you looking forward to in the next six months? I know a lot isn't happening at the moment. Since I've been home for a few weeks, I'm really enjoying kind of helping the family out with different jobs and helping my sister landscape her house. And like, I'm not normally around for this family stuff because I'm always on on the road or overseas and missing out on birthdays and all sorts of events. So I think the biggest thing is family time and even like I'm a chippy by trade. And I was telling my dad that I remember the day I, I decided that music was going to be a full-time thing. And uh, I was putting insulation bats up in a roof in like 45 degree heat thinking, you know what, that guitar thing doesn't seem so bad. (laughs) Sweating it out, all itchy in a jumper and a ceiling. And I'm like, I'm going to give this guitar thing a go. You know, that's more fun. And then dad said, oh, actually, I've been meaning to put some bats up in the roof. Do you want to give me a hand? I'm like, "Ah, yeah, why not? So just doing odd jobs and having some time with mum and dad and my sisters and niece and nephew and the extended family and whatnot. Nothing wrong with being a chippy, but does that job keep you focused on the music when you're doing it, that there is this other job, but... I haven't had to go back to it yet, (laughs) but uh, it was a consideration for 2020 because, yeah, I wasn't sure what we were going to do. Obviously, you know, with no gigs or, you know, no public gatherings, that's how most musicians make all their money, so... There's about 15 other different income streams, including royalties and merchandise and CD sales and, and all that sort of stuff. But it really only makes up, you know, 5% or so of, of a normal musician's kind of wage. So with live performance gone, I was thinking, oh, maybe I could finish this flying thing a bit quicker and, and try and get a job as a pilot or hammering in nails. And my, my drummer's a chippy by trade as well. So. I was uh, thinking of hitting him up for a few days here and there, but we've worked out a way to get through it and we'll be focusing on music more. I'm really looking forward to producing different versions of my original music and releasing more covers and I guess trying to be a bit more active on social media and, yeah, I suppose engaging a little bit more because I'm a little bit of a homebody and introvert. (laughs) Between the flying and family time, and the music, that's how I'm going to keep myself entertained. Upskilling. Mick Lindsay, thanks very much for joining Radio Notes. Thanks so much for having me along. Mick Lindsay, latest single, After Party, can be found online at micklindsay.com. Hi, I'm Cynthia Toro. My latest album is Moments, and I'm coming up on Radio Notes. That is Cynthia Torrey. Look forward to sharing our conversation next time here on Radio Notes. Thanks very much to Mick Lindsay for being our feature guest today. RadioNotesPodcast.com for show notes and links. Web design there by Steve Davis. Theme music by Martin Kennedy and All India Radio. I'm Tammy Weller. John Murch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia. 